0: What's up, guys? Really grateful you guys are listening to the pod. I would love it if you could take just five seconds to leave a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you might be listening to this. It really goes a long way to spread the message, which would allow me to get better guests to add more value to your life. And if you're one of the special people that have helped spread the word on this podcast, I am deeply appreciative of your support. Enjoy the episode.
1: We made it all up. In fact, we're making up even this moment. Neuroscience would say 90% of what we're experiencing right here, right now, we're making up. His name is Dr. Patrick Porter.
0: The creator of BrainTap.
1: He spent 30 years brain hacking. Even 150 years ago the average life expectancy was less than 30. We didn't know when we were gonna die. Most people, when they've done psychological studies, they'll have 60,000 thoughts a day, 80% of them are negative. Most people don't know how to think about experiences. When you think about your favorite experiences in the world, people who are sad, depressed, angry, and upset will not remember them. What they'll do is they'll colorize them as black and white, they'll take the sound out of them, there'll be no movement. So what you would do is,
0: The growth minds. Whether it's your first time here or you've been here before, I'm curious to know what it is that brought you here. And if you can smash that like button below, it really helps spread our message to more people. All right, on to the episode. When people talk about brain health, one of the things that that strikes me when, when I was researching is that it's not a conversation that a lot of my common like friends have, really? at least in our generation. And I think Part of that might be because maybe they don't really understand beyond dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all of these brain diseases that happen way later. Right. It's kind of hard to think about, as humans, the near-term consequences, and we kind of forego potential drastic events that could happen later on. So I would want to open with the potential downsides of, I guess, ignoring brain health. and Why is brain health so important for our overall
1: health? Right. Well, I like to tell people you don't have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. Hmm. You know, people are always waiting for the signal because our our health system is not a health system. It's a sick system. You know, that we're taught to just wait till we get a, something happens to us, then we go get checked out. And it's like the in the old days, we used to have lights that would come on in your car if your engine was going out or you had this problem. And it's like taking black tape and putting it over those signals because we get the signals and what do we do? Let's say we're getting some cognitive decline or yeah. stress. is stress, will be, stress is the thing that dysregulates the brain the quickest. And of course, we've all been under a great deal of stress in the last few years but people think oh that's just normal there's nothing i can do about it well you can't do anything about the stress but you can build capacity and so it's not about being stress-free it's about building up the capacity to handle that stress Hmm. because there are people that thrive in a stress environment you know and those are the people that are the most uh what the, the wealthiest they're the ones that if there's a problem in somebody else's life they're going to go to them because they're problem solvers. So some people have a natural brain that does that, but I would say 80% of the people don't. They they let the brain they let their subconscious in other words run them. And so this this effect of brain health doesn't enter into it. Like even when we're thinking about ADD, ADHD, that's actually a brain function, right? So people go take this drug. Well, that drug isn't fixing their brain. In fact, there's been no study ever. It might help them perform better or at least the symptoms diminish, but the reality is the brain is the most powerful pharmacy on Earth, mm. not, not the corner drugstore. So, and it's a brain wave problem. And we've proven that over and over again when we work with our clients and the studies we've done, that any brain at any age can improve. And the sooner you find it, one thing about cognitive decline, if you can do it sooner rather than later, you're better off. So, you know, a little bit of prevention is better than a whole lot of maintenance later. Sure. What age is it that we start developing new brain cells? Well, when you're born, you are totally connected. So a lot of people have a misconception that we learn and we get these neuron connections. What happens first is something called neural pruning. So we're fully connected. That's why we can learn a language so fast. And if you know how to speak two languages, a brain circuit stays alive. So you can learn even more. Like my science officer, he's from Brazil. He speaks six languages. We were traveling through India through the the all Ames Institute uh, of Medical Sciences. And we were doing talks at the colleges. And three weeks into it, he starts speaking Hindi. And I said, Francisco. How old was he? He, he, What's that? How old was he when he started learning Mm -hmm. Hindi? He's just that event. He never learned Hindi. Oh my God. And I said, Francisco, when did you learn Hindi? He said, well, we've been here for three weeks. This is the way our brain learns. When, if you've ever seen a child learn, they don't just, they don't go to English class and take tests or whatever language you're speaking. They absorb the language because in a brainwave state called alpha and theta, we have something called hypernesia, super Mm -hmm. memory. And what happens as we age, that brainwave pattern starts to diminish and we get more of a beta profile. Beta is our reactionary mind. We need it to function, but if we're too vigilant and too stressed, then the creative mind doesn't get a chance to mature and develop. And sometimes, in fact, they've proven now that we all have photographic memories, and then we read. What do you mean? When we start reading, that capacity stops. Because reading causes us to use one hemisphere in our brain. And we're really, we have two hemispheres for a reason. So that we can use both of them, but we've done test after test. We can show that when somebody's stressed out, half their brain's computing power shuts down. Wow. So that's part of the mission that I'm on is to, besides bettering a billion brains, part of that is teaching people that you can have the capacity, whatever you're doing right now, double it at least. Hmm. Because half your brain isn't being used when you're under stress.
0: So despite someone being born with natural abilities to handle more stress, you're saying a 40-year-old listening to this could handle double the stress and not have that negative
1: impact in their brain? And even more. It's all learned. We learn to, to respond to stress. So and, and another way is changing our psychology about it. We know that people who look at life as a series of challenges rather than a series of threats, they have more neuroplasticity. Hmm. because when you're in a threat, um, I, I took my kids years ago on a vacation through Canada, and we got a chance to see stop, and there was a bear with her cubs in the middle of the road. And, you went to uh,
0: um, British Columbia? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, yeah. we went across the whole country. I don't know nice. exactly where this was, but we got to stop, and th- we got to see the mama bear and the little cubs out there playing. Somebody got out of their car with a camera, and I'm thinking of the show Faces of Death. You know, I th- thought I was going <laughs> to yeah. see this guy get eaten by the bear. As soon as he got out, the mama bear looks up, now that Mama Bear doesn't have a lot of choices anymore. Yeah. In this oh, closer he got. That's such a. So now that's the reactionary mind. So if we're looking at everything like a threat, we're like that Mama Bear. Mm-hmm. We don't have creative any. We don't. We're not creative anymore. We're not problem solving. We're reacting. And and someone who reacts, I can. And even in martial arts, I have a black belt in Taekwondo, and uh, I've been to. I studied with in Wudong with the the masters and that started uh, Tai Chi. Wow. And they'll tell you that you, the per, if you can get a person angry, you can get them fearful, you can get them, you know, reacting, you've already beat them hmm. because you're limited. Then you become predictable. And there's a saying in systems, the, the system says the part of the system that's the most flexible controls the system. You want to be the most flexible part of your system. Hmm. You don't want to be so fixed that everything, you know, if you're like a bamboo, you're going to be stronger than if you're like a, you know, this tree that's just stiff. Because the wind will blow it over, bamboo will fl- become flexible. You want to be flexible like that, or even Bruce Lee says, be like water. You know, mm. I've I told that to my kids all the time. You you want to be like water, and that's the most powerful solvent in the world. Sure, it cuts through everything, but it it takes patience, and that's the problem. Most people have never developed their patience.
0: And from an evolutionary <laughs> biology perspective, given our need for survival and looking out for threats from animals that are going to eat us or tribes that are going to kill us are we naturally wired to be more negative and we have to unlearn that yes. using
1: that's, other That's other exactly true. I mean, you are the sum total of all the genetic history that made this body that we're sitting in. We, when we all started, whatever that first, if it was Adam and Eve or whoever, they that process started and they survived. Yeah. So that genetic lineage survives. That means they were able to interpret light, sound and vibration Better than everyone else. Mm. Because they weren't eaten by the tiger, they didn't fall off the cliff, they didn't drown in the ocean. They were creative enough to make it through famines. That's inside of us. But the biggest thing, even 150 years ago, the average life expectancy was less than 30. Wow. So That's... we didn't know when we were gonna die. And so we woke up every morning, we didn't know if we were gonna live or die. There were we were being we were part of the food chain, hmm. you know. Now we, you know. A lot of things are extinct now. So, but we're the most, we're the predator, you know, because we've learned how to do that. So, unfortunately, most people, when they've done psychological studies, they'll have 60,000 thoughts a day. 80% of them are negative because that's how we protect. It's called the default mode network or the reticular activating system. The average person has 40,000
0: out of 60,000 negative thoughts. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's to protect you. Like, What's going to happen when I turn this corner? When I'm driving the car, is that person going to stay in that lane? Mm. Is this bottled water going to hurt me? You know, all these things our brain goes through, and those are natural, so we have to learn. And that's part of what we do with my technology is we teach people how to think, not what to think. Mm. Nobody trains us how to think. Everybody trains us, this is the way you should think. You're you're. Whatever in political world, you're a Democrat or Republican. Well, I don't like either of them. I want to, yeah, I want an independent. You know what I mean? Mm. But that's not the way the world works. Everybody's trying to say you're this, you're that, you're black, you're white, you're yellow, you're green, whatever. There, everybody wants to label everything. Yeah. Well, in the known universe, there's no labeling until we say so. We make, we give it meaning. Like um, one person could be fired today, and it's the worst day of their life. One person could be fired today, and they go. This is great. I can start my own business. I've been waiting to do it. And they look at it as an opportunity instead of a threat. So if you can start thinking of the whole universe is conspiring with you to succeed instead of against you to fail. Hmm. That's the biggest change I think people that that we need to change in this world because we, we don't have to worry about it. We can walk in any direction and find a store. You know, if you, but the genetics, our bodies really have not changed in 200,000 years.
0: Yeah. I had uh, Terry Sherrod on the show uh, quite recently, and she's a neuroscientist from, from Israel. She wrote mm. Optimism Bias. Oh, yes. Are you familiar with her? Yes. Uh, fascinating stuff. Mm. And she talks about that whole idea of optimism and pessimism. And at whole, <clears throat> the outlook that you have and being more optimistic is in net benefit better for you. There's places right. where being realistic. Can allow you to make better decisions because you don't always want to be that person right. that thinks everything's going to work out. That's right. a lot of that is being, uh, you know, it can be naive for particularly for people that are younger. But um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, well, if you we were. I've, yeah. I've
1: been told my my moniker is Dr. Positive. Yeah. So, and, and so the and when you think about it, and I, I had somebody tell me, Porter, you're too damn positive. And I said, Russ, I would rather be disappointed every once in a while than wake up every morning pre disappointed.
0: Yeah, see that's hard for me. Like you know, I, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm trying to hear you here, yeah. but so yeah. you you are okay with that potential of being devastated right. despite having high helps. And you think that's better for the human brain. Oh
1: yeah, it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. So if you wake up with restricted thoughts, negative thoughts, emotions, and feelings, we know there's a chemo- there's always a chemical corresponding reaction in the body because emotion drives behavior. So that mm-hmm. e- that thought creates an emotional response, and it has to be chemically coded into the system. So in, instead of having healthy thoughts like or in positive, optimistic thoughts that create oxytocin and uh, norepinephrine. I mean, not nerve. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the feel-good hormones like acetylcholine and things like that, you're creating cortisol, uh, the norepinephrine, the right. dopamine. They're, most people need to go on a dopamine detox. Yeah. Because every day they're, uh, and that's why I love the saying by Buddha, all unhappiness stems by unfavorable comparisons. Hmm. Because people, we don't need to compare with anybody. There's You are unique in all of creation. Hmm. It's not about you being better, you're just different. And if you can look at that difference and say, how am I supposed to fit into this puzzle of life, yeah. and what does the universe have planned for me in a good way? because uh, just like I, I make the example in the brain, when you buy a car, typically people buy their car and they think it's like the only one in the universe. and then they drive it off a lot and they start seeing that car everywhere. yeah, because yeah. your reticular activating system did not have that car locked in yet. so we our brain is a very good filter. And it's it, it's not just optimism bias. We have biases of everything. When somebody says, I'm not prejudiced, that's impossible. Mm. You know, when the, when the Catholic, I was brought up Catholic, so when, they, when the Catholic monks said, give me, give me a child to their seven, I'll give you a Catholic for life. <laughs> because the informative years, yeah. You now I don't say that's good or bad, but we have to look at that and say, is that good? For some people, it is. They need that discipline. They need what they, but for other people, it became a prison sentence. Mm. So if it serves you, more power to you. Keep using it, Do going with it. But if it doesn't serve you, you have the power to change. One of my mentors who's the inventor of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, is Richard, Bandler, Richard Bandler. Okay. Yeah. And he used to say that we all deserve multiple pasts because the past that you and I remember is not true. We made it all up. In fact, we're making up even this moment. Neuroscience would say 90% of what we're experiencing right here, right now, we're making up.
0: And explain that a little bit. Are you talking about when you
1: look back at this experience that we're having now? you unpack it. Mm. So when you unpack it from eight or nine places in your brain, you have what's called slippage. You don't remember the exact colors. You don't remember the exact sounds. You don't remember the exact experience. But you will remember the emotional impact. Mm. That emotional impact will then start to colorize that picture. It might take a picture that was traumatic and make it worse instead of reframing that picture. For instance, uh, if you read my book Awaken the Genius, I have a chapter in there, How I was blessed to be the son of an alcoholic. Now when I was 12, I didn't think that. But when I look back at it, it doesn't serve me to say, poor me, my dad was an alcoholic. It serves me to say, that was my hero's journey. I was going through the dark night of the soul. Now I've overcome that. Now I could go back and I could re- live the life of my dad and be an alcoholic if I wanted to, or I can choose to learn from his experiences and do something different. Mm. I chose to do something different. You know, I'm Irish, so I should be sitting on a bar stool already today having a <laughs> you beer. You should be right? celebrating yes. the fact that I'm not like, Right, yeah. <laughs> but instead, you know, what's so funny to me is people think their genetics define them. We now know like through people like Bruce Lipton, we bring him out all the time to Quantum University because he's so brilliant. He, he says that 80% of what you are today is of your environment. 20% is your genetics. Now genetic, now we know it's 1% is your mom and dad, 99% is right. your environment. Yeah. Yes. About this as right, we just had to be so that means we can change 99%. I can't change my hair color. What I have, and I can't change my eye color, but I can change the way that I wear my hair, and I can change the way I look at things. Hmm. I can put on glasses with different lenses. So, these are the things we can change. So, focus on those things. That's the optimistic bias. Focus on the things that you can change. Don't focus on the things you don't have any choice over. That's why, you know, if you focus on all the things you can't change, you get frustrated, angry, and upset.
0: Sure. Now, because the brain is naturally wired to be more pessimistic, you you referenced this point about your dad being the alcoholic, and you saw that as a positive looking back. So when someone's in the present moment and something negative happens, a breakup, uh, something wrong in business goes on, And you're in that moment and you can choose to have the half cup full or half cup empty what are the questions that you ask yourself or how do you like tune in so that in that moment you can choose to be more optimistic versus pessimistic
1: so first of all you can't put the poop back in the pony as they say so if you've trained yourself to be devastated by that then be devastated embrace it embrace it then change it But then, if you know that's going to happen, predict. Start the best way to predict the future is create it. So when you sit and visualize something. The same neural pathways fly fire, you know, the brain wires and fires around it, and you start to train it. Not that you want to say, oh, all relationships are going to end. Mm. You know, there, There's a saying, love isn't looking into each other's eyes, it's looking in the same direction. So if you grow apart from somebody, hopefully you'll still remain friends. I was married before my current wife of 33 years mm. for only a year. We're still friends. I can still call her up and talk to her because I decided we just couldn't live together. But that doesn't mean we have to be enemies. It just means we can't live together. Mm. And we had a child together, so I didn't want Cherie to grow up thinking this is the way the world works. No, yeah. some people just can't live together. Mm. You know, and, and so it's all the way we do it. Now, when I was going through it, I can tell you it was a sad time because when you're brought up Catholic, that's like a death sentence. You know, you, you can't do the, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, community, yeah. what is going on, what's happening. And so, but now, you know, there's an infinite number of possibilities from any one moment in time. And what happens when you do what we call neural priming or or brain priming, which means, uh, let's say that you want to succeed at something, whatever it is, it could be doing a really good podcast. So you sit, you visualize, the po- you visualize the questions, you go over it. I mean, you probably do that when you do your research. You're just thinking, how would I word this question? That's priming yourself for success. Hmm. If you didn't do that, why would you be surprised that you weren't succeeding. I tell my clients, could you imagine watching your favorite movie, but none of the actors practiced and rehearsed? Right.
0: I said, you're doing, uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's improv. Yeah, that's improv.
1: Some people can do that. They're fine. But I I said, in your life, if you really want to change, you've got to start neuro priming. And what will happen is things will show up in your life, they were already there. You just didn't notice them, because Mm. the brain is a great filter, like I said earlier. So if you don't think you, like for instance, even starting my business. Yeah. Um, my dad, we're sitting around talking because this we're therapists, right? And how therapists talk is I'm the greatest therapist that's ever lived, you know? And we're talking, my dad and I, and but we're not making any money. This was back in the early 80s. Yeah. And we're saying, wow, we need somebody's help. You know, we're trying to brainstorm and all that. And I swear, we get done talking, having a conversation, the phone rings. It's Dr. Paul Adams. He had a company called Positive Changes and he says, you know, I want to open an office in Scottsdale. Will you do it? I hear my dad tell him, no, uh, we don't want to do that. We want to do our own thing. He hung up the phone and said, dad, what are you talking about? We just talked about this. The universe just called you. Right. I mean, you couldn't be more clear. Yeah. And I said, would you mind if I call Paul back? He didn't know me. He knew my dad. Mm. and And I was not really known. I mean, I was just in college still, but I wanted to start doing more therapy. I called him up, I FedExed him everything he asked for, because, and he says, you're really serious, aren't you? I said, if you put the clinic here, I'm gonna run it, do everything I can. I learned from him and I bought that company in four years. With the money he helped me create by learning his system. Mm -hmm. And I grew that company and sold it in 2002. If I wouldn't have been open to the possibility, that opportunity would have passed by and millions of people wouldn't have been changed. Wow! So that's what I'm, it's happened to me. And if if you're really serious, like some people say, you know, I could have bought Apple stock when it was whatever. And they let it pass by. And, and you can't use it, you can't be precog unless you are somebody who has this precognition. Sure. But when an opportunity is there, you wanna you wanna have the opportunity to fail fast. Mm. Because not everything's gonna work out. Don't you don't be a Pollyanna like you said earlier. You wanna some things are gonna fail but be willing to try new things just because one thing fails. I I love the Chinese proverb success is falling down three times, but getting up four. Mm. you know, most people think, Oh, I fell down once it's not going to work. You know, the, the reality is that our brain, even every person who's ever learned to walk had to fall down in almost every conceivable way until the brain did it right once. Once the brain at that early age did it right once, it eliminated all the failures and only remembered how to get the balance. Then it happens again when they start to run, when they start to ride a bike. And then when we get older, we forget about that. We forget that Failure is one of the quickest ways to succeed, but they don't give themselves permission to do that. Right? They they go, oh, I gotta be successful. I gotta be a superstar right out of the gate. I've gotta be, you know, I gotta be on Dave Asprey's stage right away, you know, mm. or whatever's going on. That doesn't happen in, in today's world. The instant gratification is really slowing down most people's really success because they don't realize failure is part of the journey. Walk me
0: through that <clears throat> of the difference because you mentioned something very specific, which is someone had a very clear goal, let's say, to be on Dave Asprey's stage, or to be successful. Right. What is the difference between that versus
1: what you're calling priming? So success? priming would be, I wanna be on Dave Asprey's stage. Yeah. Let's say I just learned about biohacking, I, I just got my body fit, my brain's right, and I think, man, I hear this guy speaking, I could do that. I could talk about my journey on his stage. Sure. So it's not just gonna happen. So now what I have to do is I have to reverse engineer it the vision's there you want to have that long term vision now you got to go back and s- figure out what we call milestones or outcomes mm-hmm. so what's the first outcome if you've never spoken public maybe go get some training you know d- join toastmasters start giving 3 minute talks about biohacking to a club where it's safe to fail right get feedback find a mentor once you find a mentor do this start building your community you know, and then once you have your community, your community starts sharing your message, and then you become noticed, you start, the cream starts rising to the top. Then you, then you get your opportunities. You know, you have to talk on the smaller stages first. You know, nobody, very few people, I should say, are, let's say baseball, they're really good at high school and they automatically start playing in the major leagues. Right. You know, you got to go through the farm leagues, the maj- you know, then all the way up to the big show, right? So people today think, oh, I'm, I'm going to manifest this. Well, everything manifested comes from the unseen to the seen. So how closely are you resonating to that possibility? The closer you resonate to it and believe it to be. So I'm not saying you can't instantly manifest something, Sure. but the problem is that you have all that self doubt that you don't even know about the subconscious because along that journey, things are going to happen. Like in my case, there's gonna be engineering problems, there's gonna be websites go down, there's gonna be all these things in my journey to be successful. How do I manage that stressful event? Those people that manage those stressful events are going to succeed. The people that crumble under pressure and haven't planned or prepared for those initial things, they're gonna be disappointed and they're gonna fail and they're gonna say, oh, that doesn't work. Mm. You know? But the reality is that everything will work eventually. It's just a matter of if you're so fixed on the outcome, It might, you know, that outcome might not be it. And even um, Covey in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says think of the end result first. He didn't think of that. That's been around for thousands of years. But then let the unconscious figure out how to get you there. But you got to reverse engineer it. What do you need to do today? What's that first step? That's part of that thinking process I was talking about. Mm. You want to have the big vision board and what you want to do, but then you got to back it up and say, how close am I to that? And then work through that. And then what the brain will do, the brain priming is, hey, be okay with where you're at. Because if you're not okay with where you're at now, when you get to be in that other place, you're going to sabotage it. Your, your empire is going to crumble. Yeah. Because you didn't build along the way all the assets you need to be in that position. it be, you, That's what they call the imposter syndrome that everybody's talking about.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find that balance, right? Because you talked about people that want to achieve a goal. They get... Devastated and oftentimes people don't have the persistency to keep going. Right. And for me, where I can persist more than most people is that I have sense of realism. So it's finding that balance of like being optimistic, but also realistic at the same time where when I do fail, which is like obviously inevitably gonna happen, I expected it almost. Right. And I'm trying to find that balance where like, okay, do I want to be like a little pessimistic here and there so that I, I can kind of expect it's, it's certain It's powerful. Things?
1: We, we tell people, you should sit down and talk about all the ways what you're going to do is going to fail. Hmm. And then put it aside. Because if you don't, that what you resist persists right so yeah, those are ways it's like a good business plan. these are the way we're going to succeed, these are the ways we're going to fail. If these failure things start happening, you have to have a plan to get back on track back on schedule yeah it's it's not that you're i know very few people that have succeeded that didn't go have their own story you know you, you always hear the stories about I'm an overnight success it only took me 37 years. <laughs> you know people here think, oh, you're so lucky, you've done this I go, I've been doing this since i was a kid
0: yeah you know
1: it's not like they go how can you just talk about this you just get up and do this that well i've been doing it for 40 years so it's not like people all the time say i can't just make stuff up like patrick i go i'm not making this up i've been doing this this has been my life i mean you know so it's like when somebody like the old a Van Gogh uh, expression where the woman met him on the bridge and said, Hey, you're Vince Van Gogh. Can you draw a picture of me and charge me accordingly? He said, Fine. He took out his pad of paper, draws a picture of her, hands it to her, and he says, That'll be, you know, 2,000 pounds or whatever. She says, 2,000 pounds? That only took you five minutes. He said, Ma'am, that took me my whole life. Right. So people think that that's what I'm talking about. You can't. You got to what. And and I love what Rod Hairston said. He's a, he's a he used to be a trainer for Anthony Robbins, and he's a, he's a great guy now. He lives in Austin, Texas. He said there is no there. If people start to understand that there is no there, you're never finished. You know, look at people like Tiger Woods, who's you know one of the greatest, arguably the greatest golfer that ever lived, and he still thinks he's not good enough. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that becomes negative but we have to know that you're not finished. You know, there's still something you can evolve and prove and do better. I tell people it was like the game of golf. No matter how, how good you play, you always think of that shot. You could have done better. That sure. putt, you could have read the green better. You know, if you start looking at your life, so being negative in that way isn't being negative.
0: Yeah, it's finding that balance, right? Like you don't want to sway one way or another, right. but you kind of need both at your yeah. disposal to
1: and, and your brain's doing your, that anyway. Yeah. So if you take control of the process, that's brain priming, or, or neuro priming. Hmm. Because you know, if you're if you're flying so fast down the road, you don't see the stop sign. That's a problem. Right. So that's where that's where meditation or mindfulness or brain tap comes in. You got to slow everything down because life happens so fast. Yeah. Before we know it, blink, our opportunity's gone. Hmm. What are some
0: other NLP techniques that? You can recommend for people to i
1: think the biggest one is most people don't know how to think about experiences okay when you think about your favorite experiences in the world people who are sad depressed angry and upset will not remember them because they blocked if they start thinking about them they'll feel good because that's where your emotional bank account is right they'll in what they'll do is they'll colorize them as black and white they'll take the sound out of them there'll be no movement they call these submodalities in NLP. So what you would do is, what we teach people to do this every night when you go to sleep. When you're doing your gratitude journal in your mind, you take all the negative experiences, if there's two or three of them, because there's really not that many when you really think about it. There's a couple events during the day that upset you, you got worried. So you take those and you put them into a frame. And when you frame them, you take away the borders. The brain looks at them differently. You take the color out of those experiences mm-hmm. and you make it black and white a still picture. And you say, what could I have learned from that experience? When you take ownership of that experience, even if you had no control over it, even if it was, you know, the airlines lost your luggage and you lost your cookies, you right, know, something completely counter- out of your yeah. control, you're saying, you, you yeah. say, well, wow, it's not about the event. It's about the interaction with the event mm. because we can't c- control everything, but we can control our interaction to it. You know, and I always tell people don't give away your remote control. You know, if you give away your power to be happy to another, you're in trouble. That's why one of my other Buddhist sayings that I love is, he who angers you conquers you. You give away your power to somebody to be happy or sad or glad or mad, then you don't have control of your life again. That's what I'm talking about, the flexibility. So when you do that at night, now you do that first because you don't want to spend a lot of time on that. If you can do that, Really quick, less than 30 mm. seconds. You just acknowledge it. You're just acknowledging yeah. it. Now the brain knows how to color coordinate it and store it and code it in your brain. It's not meaningful. We don't remember things that are black and white. Mm. We don't remember things that are silent. We don't remember things that aren't moving because that's not part of our reticular activating system. To protect us, if something moves over here, we it, we notice it, our brain is alive. So all those good things that happened during the day, yeah. maybe somebody just said hello to you, somebody smiled at you, somebody actually responded in a positive way, all of those events, we want to color coordinate in bright, brilliant color. I always tell people, act like Hollywood producers got together and had a party in your brain mm. right when you're going to sleep and they took all your favorite memories and they are, they're going to add them to your success reel of your life. And you're going to have that with gratitude in your, in your mind and body in color with movement. Then you step into, you get to relive them. We call this revivification. So when you revive them, the brain goes, these are meaningful. And what we put our energy on expands and grows so the brain when we go to sleep the most powerful pharmacy the most powerful computer on earth starts to predict our future yeah and when we start to do that we start to build neural pathways that allow us in the morning when we wake up to start perceiving those things we're grateful for and we'll 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 magnetize them we'll organize them we'll get rid of the drainers in our life and we'll start to hang out with the gainers in our life Mm. and these are all super important things but Nobody's taught us to do those. And when uh now therapists have been doing them for years, you know, that's why when somebody says they go to a shrink, they shrink negative things down. Mm. That's what they're talking is about. Is that what the reference it's not, is from? It's, it's not a they call them a head shrink, you yeah. know. That was just a kind of a negative term. But sure. the reality is they want to take the problems that people are seeing that are this big and make them real realistic. They're not that bad. Yeah. You know, when when King Solomon got his ring that said, This two shall pass. People under, need to understand this too will pass unless something's happening to you. They're going to put in every history book in the world. It's not that big a deal, but if it's happening to you, it is. Mm. You know, if it's happening to me, it's the most big deal in the world. But it might not really be that big a deal because five years later, is it really going to matter?
0: Right. What about affirmations? <clears throat> you know, people talk about the or I think um, Tony Robbins calls it acclamation, or he has a different way to approach it. Right. Where he puts I this- think
1: affirmations in most part are bullshit. And the main reason is that if somebody else gives you their affirmation, it's not going to be in power to you. So I have a strategy in all my books where I teach people how to write an affirmation for yourself, for yourself, that's more meaningful. Yes. Mm. You can look at Louise Hayes book, which is really good. All of our therapists, you know, you can heal your life. And the, the thing is, if you say the affirmation, you say I'm healthy, but you're sick. Your body is not going to believe you. But if you say, what would life be like if I was healthy? Guess what your brain does? The neurons start wiring, they start firing, they start immobilizing all of the healing properties because our brain loves questions. Hmm. It doesn't like statements. Statements have no energy. When you give yourself a statement, it's got to be a fact. If it is a fact, great. You know, I'm Patrick. Yeah. You know, that's why when you do kinesiology, they can, you know, I can say one thing to you and say, hey, you're Fred, and you know, it won't work. You know, you you would lose your energy. So there are. For affirmations, there's a, I'll give you three tips that to build an affirmation. Take the affirmation you want, borrow it from Anthony Robbins, anybody, you know, and state it in the positive like they say. But now, in order to get an affirmation to work, you need to figure out how you work. So let me ask you, if, if I was to have a job for you to do, what would have to be present in that job for you to really like it, enjoy it, and wanna do it?
0: I think it involves some sort of movement, some sort of intellectual curiosity, something that involves human communication
1: connection. Right. Those so that's that interconnection, communication, energy—I'd be writing those down. Yeah. Try to get eight of them, right? Because now, anything you want to accomplish, let's say that you want to. What's something you want to accomplish? A goal that you don't mind sharing with everyone. I mean, to blow up this podcast, continue okay. to grow it, okay. reach millions of people. So imagine the intellectual connections you'll have by growing this this podcast to being the number one in its segment. That's the affirmation. Hmm.
0: So, how, what what would I say there? Like, let's say, say, let's say I want to do that. You'd
1: say, what would it be like? when my podcast is number one on the charts in my segment? Hmm. What would the intellectual capacity be? What would the connections be? How would I be transforming the world in this space? So the what's, the where's, the wins, the how often's, those are the way you start those affirmations.
0: And is it important that it's a question? Because if it's a statement, I'm not really thinking about the afterthoughts after I make that statement versus right. a question. I'm asking myself a question. So what if my podcast was the number one in my segment? I think about what it would feel like and what it would look like yeah. if I was to achieve yeah. that? Is that. And the then idea? you
1: start visualizing it. The neural priming is in color. Where would, he, where would you see it on a podcast? Mm. Who would you be talking to? What if you had a meal? We were talking a year from the day at the bio conference. You say, hey, Patrick, you know, that stuff really worked. Man, my podcast blew up after we talked. I started using those visualizations and yeah. everything I put to work. You know, I had that intellectual connection. I had that energy flow. All those things because th- that gets your juice going, right? Mm. I can get you excited. I, if I, I used to be a coach, so if I wanted to motivate kids, I would find out what their group words were. Sure, You have words. They call them nominalizations in NLP. Once we find those out, I call them impact words Mm. because they impact you differently than me. What's going to motivate me to work is different than what's motivating you. So that's now the next thing you have to do in an affirmation is you have a relationship. And the biggest relationship in the universe for you is you. But most people never take the time to understand who and what they are. Hmm. And you know that by who you attract into your tribe. So if you were to have somebody to work with you and you could pick out the perfect people to work with you, what would their qualities be?
0: Someone that's honest, Mm -hmm. uh, loyal, someone that challenges me in some way to think about different things, complimentary. So those
1: are four, right? You want to have at least eight Mm. because every time you think of the future, you're honest with yourself. Your podcast is number one. You're there. How would you think, act, and respond if that was so? You know, all of those words, you just, put, you just plug those words into your affirmation. Yeah. And now the relationship between the present you and the future you, there's an infinite number of future yous because right. our biocomputer, it's a quantum computer, mm. better than any quantum computer. Sure. Every neuron connection is more powerful than the Cray computer. It took the Cray computer two weeks to render a black and white picture of the moon in color. We do that every day. Now right. we have phones that do it, right? right? But there's no technology in the world, even AI, that's more sophisticated and more capable than you are. It's just we, again, we filter it out. So anything relational, like anything you talk about your, whatever the relationship between the present self and your future self. Also, if you go back in time, if something were to happen that in the past that would prove you wrong in that area, you'd wanna start reframing it. In what way? That means, let's say when you say that and you experience that, and then somebody says, you can't do that. Mm. You say, that might be true for you, but in civil we'd say cancel, cancel, and we rephrase it, right? But uh, now we say uh, Alt Delete, you know, uh-huh. you know, we use computer jargon because people know that. <laughs> yeah. but, but your brain needs to know that's not meaningful, mm. because all, when you say the affirmation, you're only saying it for a few seconds. Yeah. But if you say a thought that keeps thinking, we call them. Th- th- that's why they're thought experiments. When you ask the question of your subconscious, it does it, it's like a it's like a really good hunting dog. It's not going to stop till it gets that bone. Mm. And so if you keep reminding it. You know, what's it gonna be like? What am I gonna see? Once you ask those questions, you set in the presence of the experience and you're there. Now, the magnetic attraction will draw the people, the events, the experiences through you and to you. You have to have it in you before you can have it in the world around you. Right. So part of that's that. Now, the the third thing is what what do you do when you're not running the world's most famous podcast?
0: Uh, Well, this is my side thing. So I would have my other company, uh, that I'm running. And what am I doing if I'm not running that?
1: Mm. Like what do you do for fun that you don't get paid for, you spend your money oh, on? Like, oh, doing- Yeah. hobbies, sports, volleyball. Right, right. Um, yeah. so, so let's just take one of them. When you're playing volleyball and you're in the zone, you're having a good time, what does that do for you? It just allows me to forget about everything and puts okay. me in flow. Okay. So it puts you in flow. I'd look for the most positive thing that I'm saying there. So you want to be in flow. So anytime you talk about your future self, when you're in flow and you're having that podcast with that one individual, you really want to get on your show, but because you didn't have the ratings, you didn't, but now you do, Mm. you're there, you're sitting in front of them. You're in the flow. You're, you're honest with yourself. The energy's going. You know, the connections are being made. You see, now I'm using your words over and over again. Sure. Now, once you go through that, now you have to sit in that moment. You have to get the neurology to set. Mm. You can't just jump up and go because now your brain's trying to figure it out. Now we want to get that brain firing around these new concepts, these new ideas. And what will happen is the brain will rewire itself. If we can just one new thought into your brain, they know a constellation of changes happen in the brain. It has to rewire itself.
0: that's interesting. So you're saying take something that you enjoy that gives you a positive experience, and for me, let's say it's flow, happiness, whatnot, mm-hmm. and then you try to extrapolate that into something that you want to have and achieve, and you you put those positive associations. You'll try.
1: You're just there. Oh, you're doing Remember, it. Remember, you can't. I, one of the experiments I used to do with my clients, we used to have a class, and I'd say, everyone, imagine with me, you're on a cliff, and it's beautiful. You see for miles. It's beautiful and you jump off, what happens? Well, you mean talking about real life? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess you would die, right? No, it's your brain. You can fly. (laughs) Why did you choose to fall? Right. That's what, that's the way our brain thinks though. Hmm. You chose reality that you think is real Hmm. in your brain. There is no faults there. You can't fail. You can't die. You could grow wings and fly. Hmm. It's your imagination. So that's the limiting belief you think you are bound to this physical space and time. Hmm. Every one of those, you got to change those in your mind. There are no limits. Why would you limit yourself from flying in your brain there? Nobody gave you any rules. You set all the rules.
0: Do you think the thoughts that we have will change the dreams we have as yes, well? Yes, exactly. Talk to me about that. So How does that association?
1: That's also part of brain priming and everybody's had this happen to them. They fall asleep, maybe it's a military movie on TV yeah. and they fall asleep and now they're in the movie because right. the brain takes the last hour of activity. Oh, that's so true, And yeah. incorporates that into your dreams. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have one of the most powerful times to use brain tap is to use it right before sleep. If you can instruct your brain to begin to solve your life's problems with solutions in mind, not problems in mind. Mm. Most people have already mastered their problem, they don't need any help with that. What we need to look at is say, this is my problem, what are my three solutions? If they're not these three solutions, what's the next? And we always tell people, think of something ridiculous that would never happen, because if you can think of that ridiculous one, the brain had to rewire around all the other choices between it, because your brain doesn't think digitally, it thinks analog. So that means to get from one to 100, you had to count from one to 100. Hmm. So think about 100 and then maybe you'll land at 60
0: or yes. 70 versus right. thinking at 50. Right. Hmm. And do you think there's this old myth, and I don't know if it's true or not, I'd love to get your opinion, when someone wants to learn a language, when someone is about to go through a test and they haven't prepared, the old myth is that you put on your, your earphones and you put on a cassette tape or your app, and you just listen to, let's say, learning Spanish, mm-hmm. and you fall asleep with it. Mm-hmm. What is actually the impact? Well, what's there?
1: happening, and that is true. Uh, all the studies show there's two states of the brain. When we're talking here, we're mostly in beta because so, we're awake. Right. And hopefully, we're keeping the audience awake, right? And but if you start when you go to sleep, you're going to go through the four primary brain waves, which is you're going to drop into alpha, theta, and delta. While you're in the alpha theta brain wave. You are learning. Mm. You don't learn all night long, but you're cycling through that all the time. That's a state called hypernesia, super memory. Okay. Everybody has it. Yeah. So this has also happened to almost every listener. You woke up in the morning, you heard a song playing, they call it an earwig. So you, that song just keeps playing in your head. You can't get rid of it. Mm. And then you go to sleep at night and then it goes away. But that morning, that song triggered a, a theta response. So now it's encoded at that theta level, super memory state. Now, if you wanted to remember it, you just listen to that every day at that state, and then you'd remember it. So this is the way we learned when we were kids. We were actually functioning in alpha and theta. That's why we absorbed a language. We didn't learn a language. We absorbed it like a sponge absorbs water.
0: And as adults, we can put ourselves back to alpha, you're saying.
1: Yes. Interesting. That's why some people, they learn languages very easily, because that circuit didn't shut down, and it's still operating in that alpha-theta brainwave. If you've only learned one language, it's more difficult because the brain being an energy hog using 25% of the energy resources says, you know what, we don't need that room. We don't need that light in that room turned on. Let's turn that light off. And you guys got just gotta kind of get in and turn that light back on. Hmm. And then you can learn languages faster.
0: Would you say learning languages, as a, even as an adult, could be one of the most powerful things that you can do for your brain? Yes,
1: for neuroplasticity yeah. and immersion is even better. If you try to learn it while doing both, it's almost like multitasking. People think, oh, I'm good at multitasking, but neurologically, we know that you can't do either of them as well as you do them alone. So Immersion meaning like,
0: like go, the types go, of method or? Yeah,
1: go into that country. Oh, I see, okay. And only speak that language. Yeah. Most people will pick up the language within two months. Damn. But when you learn it at home, when you're not, when you can fall back on the old neural pathways, The problem is the old neural pathways is easy. Mm. And the brain's always looking for the path of least resistance. It doesn't wanna learn the other one because that takes energy. Remember it unplugged. Now it's gotta rewire. Now once it rewires and you keep running that circuit, it'll be just as easy as it was the old language. Mm.
0: So we talked a lot about the ability to image something or visualize something positive and try to make that happen through priming. What about the opposite of that? So let's say someone went through something traumatic someone wants to get something very negative that's happened to them recently or fear or anxiety, whatever it might be. Are there NLP NLP techniques that allows
1: you to visualize that out of your system? Yeah, that's the one I was saying where you take it and you reframe it. Okay. That's just one technique, there's there's others, but you make it black and white, take the sound out of it and you put it behind you. Hmm. So think of what people say, let's say you were in a relationship, you broke up years ago uh, or a year ago, but you just met somebody that knew you when you were going through the breakup and they say, hey, how's that breakup going? Oh, that's behind me now. We use language like 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 that all the time. And that that helps You're saying because you're actually yeah, because you visualized it behind you. Right. And But if most people store it right here in front of them, hmm. spatially. I, I was working with a woman once in New York City. She had been raped in Central Park, which is terrible. I mean, no question. But when I was finding out where she was storing that physiologically, she was storing it right in front of her. She wouldn't even look up. She only wore black clothes like she was at a funeral. And when I questioned her, I found out she was running through Central Park every night at 11 o'clock at night. Now, Even obviously, still. that yeah, oh, no, wow. not anymore. that oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, since yeah. then, and she was gaining weight. She wasn't working out because she had been, you know, a terrible thing had happened yeah. to her. So I said, you know what? Unfortunately, sometimes you got to be a little tough with yourself. But what I told her is, is, and some people might take offense to this, but this is what you have to do. I said, is it? It's bad that you were, you know, molested and raped, and that's terrible. But now you're doing it to yourself every day. She goes, what do you mean? I said, you've got it in front of you. Unless this is something that you have to fear. Are you still running through Central Park at 11 o'clock at night? No. If you're going to run, why don't you get up and do it in the morning when everybody else is running? You know, set the parameters in place. Now take that memory. She's never going to get even. They're never going to find these people. It's been a year. Mm. So I said, you have to forgive them. And forgive doesn't mean you get even. The word forgive means to give before. So when you forgive them, in the forgiveness, they did what they did. She made the opportunity because she was running at 11 o'clock at night. You know, it's not good or bad. We can't look at it that. Way. We just have to say, "Now, when we taught her to send it behind her yeah. and do all the things, the next day she came to the workshop, she's wearing all yellow like it's Easter. Oh wow. she's smiling, and she says, "I feel like I lost 100 pounds." I said, "You did, Because emotionally you were carrying the weight of that experience with you mm. because she was shamed. Yeah. She, she thought she was responsible. And it really doesn't matter. You, I tell. Here's the way you look at past events that are negative. Let's say you and I go to dinner. We have a great dinner, so we're not eating a lot. We're mm-hmm. just talking. And then we get a to-go box. But we don't put a list on what it is. We don't put the date on it. We put it in our refrigerator, and we never eat it. Sure. It gets pushed to the back of the refrigerator. Then we have some friend coming over. We open up the refrigerator. It's stinking. So we go in there, and we clean it out. We find this white box. We don't know what it is. We open it up, and it's green and fuzzy. What do you do with it? You throw it away. Right. You don't send it off to CSI and find out, hey, who was I eating this meal with? You know, what is it exactly? Why, who caused it to go in my refrigerator? No, that's the way you should think of these memories because they're not real anyway. Mm. You are a totally different person today than you were yesterday. You're actually a different person from when we started this podcast. So yeah. all those things are changing. That's why they say our bodies are like a river. We can't step into a river twice because it's always moving. We can't wake up in the same body twice. Hmm. We are a different person every day.
0: Yeah, and I think it's hard for people to like really visualize that, but when you can adapt and understand that and fully embrace it, then it allows you to have a growth mindset yep. and That's understand right, exactly. that whatever
1: you're going through, you can always go through it, right? And if you look at your life, everyone's going through the hero's journey, as bizarre as that sounds. And if you really track your life, if you're going through the dark night of the soul now, Get through it, honor it. Then, when you get to the other end, how are you going to champion it? Don't let it define you. Let it uh, let it raise you up. You know, whatever you went through, I guarantee you, there's a million other people going through the same thing. Yeah. You might be a trainer that can help them get through their dark night of the soul. Mm. You know, we're all in this together in some ways.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, I think that's a powerful way to. Uh to end this message here, Dr. Porter. Um, where can people find you online? Where, where can we direct people to? We're going to have links below either yeah. way, but
1: they can go to uh, my website, drpatrickporter.com. Dr. Yeah. Uh, and that will lead you to braintap.com and also my social media. If they want to hear more like things like this, I have a lot of videos and things like that they can watch and different interviews on my YouTube channel.
0: Amazing. Well, I appreciate you for uh, making the time and uh, thanks for coming on.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Awesome.